It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fence Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, all of our social media outlets, uh, the FinFanatic.com website, as well as the Fan Sided Network. We are two weeks away from our first preseason game. Training camp for the Dolphins has kicked off. We'll talk about that. And only six weeks away from the regular season. So football season is officially upon us now that training camp has started and already Obviously, some drama here early in the week, Paul. And uh, Xavier Howard shows up to camp on Tuesday, first day. And we're kind of thinking, all right, the Dolphins won this here. There was a stare down and the Dolphins won. That night, a lengthy Instagram post from Xavier Howard that implies, no, not quite yet. So it's kind of a back and forth. And as we stand here today, things are really still up in the air. Yeah, I was pretty surprised at that. I mean, I know... You and I commented back at back and forth that morning when we saw Xavier Howard reported to camp. We're like, "Yeah, let's go," and I think we both commented on the fact that he didn't look ridiculously thrilled walking into into camp. And then we got that that night. So it's interesting. There, there's a lot of interesting elements to it because Howard is now hurt again. And, and sitting out a lot of practice time, which I know we're going to get into. Uh, surprisingly, Nick Needham's been the starting boundary cornerback for most reps with the ones. Um, and really, you listen to what Xavier Howard has put forth. The the letter aside, the offers that he and Cantor have put on the table have sounded like very uncanter-like offers, as far as that goes. It, it's it's a very small amount, but it's an amount that either A, makes him the highest paid corner on the team by at least a little bit, or B, kind of kicks the can down the road a little bit as far as this goes. And the Dolphins are just like, no, nah, he's here. We're good. So it, it's, it's intriguing in a lot of ways. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. First scheduled for liftoff, the new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. This spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, butt, and even Uranus. This fourth generation trimmer also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on off switch, and can engage a travel lock, and it's even waterproof. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. It's like having a little astronaut to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. You know, I, I was thinking about doing a show with you here on Tuesday night or Wednesday night. And I'm glad I didn't because I was absolutely irate at both sides. And if you, you can look at my Twitter page and. Oh, don't tell our listeners that because they would have loved it. 
gosh. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that's true. And we would have gotten banned from YouTube. So uh, I, I am so, and, and when you say it's a very uncancer like proposal of what they were looking for, to, to clarify that here, is uh, Armando Salguero and, and Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald, um, I think Salguero wrote it, but Barry Jackson has reciprocated that and talked about it too. And David Cantor and Xavier Howard have said the same thing. Our Cantor supposedly shared this info with the Miami Herald and uh, Xavier Howard said this on his Instagram post is the doll is Howard was not looking for a new contract. He was not talking about ripping up the old contract and doing a new one, which was our fear that might happen. Uh, what, according to the Miami Herald, the final straw after this many months of, of Xavier Howard wanting a, a, a tweak to his contract, supposedly this would have gotten the deal done moving $4 million from 2024 to 2021, which would have made by Xavier Howard the highest paid cornerback on his own team and technically the highest paid cornerback in the league. The other possible offer is reportedly one or the other, either that or guaranteeing all of his 2022 salary. I was irate for two reasons. Number one, why Xavier Howard, after all this time, would ask for something so little and two, how the Dolphins aren't giving it to him. Yeah, and, and, and by all accounts, a lot of it has to do with something you and I have talked about in, in a few previous episodes. The Dolphins' hesitancy, and, and, and I remember being on the conference call with, with Flores for this, the Dolphins' hesitancy to renegotiate a contract they just renegotiated. The same thing we talked about before, and I apologize that I forget the source. It's been a while. Um, I'm pretty sure it was something from Cantor himself but at one point. But where Cantor had advised Xavier Howard that signing that deal at that time was a stupid move because he was going to be worth that much more in a couple years. And it's a very weird move, but at the same time, the Dolphins can bend on this because Xavier Howard was easily top three in most opinions, if not higher, for the Defensive Player of the Year when he got 10 interceptions since, I believe, the first time since 2006 a player's done so. Um, and, and so it really allows you to bend on your firm rule of we don't renegotiate with players and put a carrot out there. You know what? If you go out and damn near win Defensive Player of the Year, we'll talk about money. I have, if so, if Paul, I said we may end the show at 8 Central... Uh, uh... I think we might go all night now, so you may, you may have to <laughs> not going after. Listen, we, we can have a part two of the Xavier Howard saga, and I know we're going to because it's not resolved yet. It, no, it's not resolved yet. And, and first, I think it's important we get the facts in place of, of how this came about. Okay, so back in 2019, and and I want to go back to what you said before I get into this, Paul. Is yeah, even if David Cantor had said that. I don't think it was an unfair contract at the time, and here's why. Because Xavier Howard missed the final four games of the 2018 season, mm -hmm. okay, when the Dolphins needed him the most during a playoff run. And they gave him a contract that for average per year, five years, $76 million, was the highest paid at the time, okay? And also in addition to that, Xavier Howard got all his upfront money. 
in the first two years of that readjusted contract. Meaning that between what, what that comes down to is, and what Howard's upset with now is between 2022 and 2024, it's basically a three year, $40 million contract with no money guaranteed. So I think Xavier Howard, if he believes like, look, as the contract sits right now, I am, I'm severely underpaid. And then he's really just asks, is asking for a little bit more, more money to be moved around really out of respect. And Go ahead. Sorry, I just want to jump in with one thing. I've got other things I'll jump in. I'll, I'll immediately throw it back to you on, and then I'll, I'll jump in with the other things after. The, the big thing that I actually respected that Cantor did at the time of the renegotiation was he took, and you're right, Xavier did not get an unfair deal at that time. By reports, Cantor had told him when he tried to sign with him, don't sign one right now. This is not the right time. He tried to sign him and basically told him, don't renegotiate right now. And that basically means that Cantor was signing him and getting no return on it until his next contract, if he was still his agent, uh, which is a huge investment on Cantor's part and tells you how firmly Xavier Howard should have listened to the man because we wouldn't be here right now. Granted, he'd probably be asking for even more than he's asking, but it's, it's very much a situation of he got told not to by Cantor and everybody else started seeing dollar signs and said, let's well, go. I, well, I, I, I disagree with Cantor then on that. Cause here's why, because if Xavier Howard had waited one more year in 2019, he played five games and he was bad in two of them. Hmm. So if that were the case after the year, if he had asked for the money, he wouldn't have gotten what he got in 2000, 2018. I don't, excuse me. I don't disagree with what Cantor said at the time, but if Howard had that 2019 season, and then asked for the money, he would have gotten less. Uh, yeah. He probably could have come back on a one-year prove-it like a lot of the guys do at that point or you know, gotten franchised or some goofy-ass thing from there. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, see, I do see your point there, but at the same time, I, he couldn't have predicted that he would only play five games. No one could have. Yeah, it's... I, you see, I it's confusing because I believe that both sides have a point here, and I also believe that both sides are being stupid. Uh, because yeah. you know, it's it's I understand the Dolphins saying, "Hey, look, we showed so much faith in you back in in, in 2019 when we signed you to that, knowing you were coming off a knee injury, and at the time you probably weren't the best cornerback in football." Uh, that shows a big leap of faith. And we can, we're not just going to act like we didn't give you $24 million in guaranteed money in your first two years. Now, but I also don't disagree with Howard when he looks at his contract and say, look, I'm not, I, I'm the best cornerback in the league. I'm not even the, the highest paid cornerback on my own team, not by a long shot. So th- what it comes down to is, are the Miami Dolphins going to lose the best cornerback in the league or trade him for next, I mean, in context of what he's worth, next to nothing, over not moving $4 million around or not guaranteeing his 2022 salary. I don't believe Chris Greer is that stupid. No, I think at very worst, this is going to turn ugly and long and force Xavier Howard to come back to the table in good faith even though he already has, we know. I'm not saying he hasn't. Uh, but really, the Dolphins hold all the cards because of that contract Xavier Howard signed. 
it's he basically can either give up the money almost altogether based on fines and, and, and you name it by not showing up and holding out. Um, it, the Dolphins don't have to do anything. He has to report or it rolls. You know, I think it's week eight he's got to report, week nine, some somewhere around there. I don't have it right in front of me. But they've got him under contract. So at some point, he's got to show up as much as he might hate it. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. So here's my other question, too. And this is this is what I've been throwing out this week. And I'll throw the same thing to you. And it's it, I'll, I'll be honest, it's kind of a rhetorical question. If the Dolphins traded Xavier Howard... Over $4 million to another team. Let's say, say the Cowboys. They can't get a first rounder anywhere. They trade him for a second round pick. Okay. Let's put that out there. And next year, the Dolphins don't make the playoffs. And then you look around and you see Laramie Tunzel, uh, Xavier Howard, and Minka Fitzpatrick, all pros on other teams, and the Dolphins don't make the playoffs because they don't have enough talent. How would you feel about that? I'd be frustrated only in the fact that the only wrong move at this point to me is not finding some middle ground with Howard. Um, the Tunsil trade was a smart move. The Mega Fitzpatrick trade, the guy was just being a cancer. We all know that. We all saw it. We, you know, it, it's if it wasn't for Jonathan Martin he probably would have been the most cancerous presence in the locker room in the past 10 years. Uh, well, and Adam Gase, let's face it. But it's the way that he just dug his heels in and said, no, I'm not doing that, and then went to Pittsburgh and just did that uh, was just astounding to me. Because um, he played the multiple positions that he said he didn't want to play in Miami. And when he went what did he though? Because I because I, I I think he just played free safety there. I think maybe at one point it was talked about, but I, I mean I thought he moved around in year one. He might have. He might have. And, and I I say that because um, Minko basically Minko was a baby. Yeah, but he was but he was also right. He, he, he and I'm sorry to say I'm not saying I'm not saying that's the right way to run your team. That you you, you let the player tell you what to do. But he said I this is the position I'm best at. You drafted me for my football IQ. And they said, no, basically you're Eric Rowe. And he said, no, I'm not. And that's where the disagreement was. So now you flipped them, but basically you traded Minka Fitzpatrick for Austin Jackson. And that is a very lopsided deal right now. So, um, but here's what it comes down to. Okay. Uh, And this is where I do give the Dolphins a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and what I believe would have happened. If not for that stupid Xavier Howard Instagram post, okay, um, I believe that the Dol- that the Dolphins and David Cantor they they were still in the middle of the dance, you know, and eventually throughout August something would have gotten done. They would have met somewhere in the middle, but now Xavier Howard throws that throws that grenade in there saying he wants to be traded, and. On one hand, I say, uh, Xavier, I think you jumped the gun and you hurt yourself here. And then on the other hand, I say, you know, if you moved $4 million GD dollars around from 2040, 2024 to 2021 for the best player on your team at the most important position on your team other than cornerback, you wouldn't be dealing with this nonsense right now. 
Yeah, I mean, God, that. <laughs> Look, I'm talking out loud to myself. I'm screaming. Yeah. I, I'm not even on in the chat here tonight. I, I'm just. I, th this is a me show. I'm screaming out loud to myself here tonight. Yeah, and by the way, guys, I am trying to watch the chat too, but I'm also, you know, it, it's we're having some fun. It, and one thing I will say is, by all accounts. Let's hold off on saying that about the Austin Jackson and Minka Fitzpatrick trade uh, with what it boils down to because there's been a lot of accounts out of camp so far with a lot of seams being open for Gaskin, for Ahmed, uh, and, and, and Dokes, and, and Malcolm Brown that seem to be going right through where Austin Jackson is. Um, granted, I know we're not in full-blown, full-blown contact mode as of yet, but I'm pretty encouraged. I'm hearing a lot of good things that people are seeing with the offensive line so far, uh, and not just Austin Jackson as far as that goes. I still think the Dolphins got ripped off. Uh, nope. Not, I, I, I don't care. I don't care if they got nothing in return, even though I would want something in return. You can't keep a player that was acting like he was on your team. I agree with you. I, I I do think that it's it's not a simple situation of that Minka Minka was everything was going great, everything was going swimmingly, and the Dolphins traded him out of the blue. I mean, I, I get that. I didn't like the Austin Jackson pick. I hope he gets better. He is still toolsy. He's twenty one. I get it, and you know he's 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 got a long way to go. Um, so let me let me uh, segue here into um, a I'm bunch of a bunch of stupid arguments I hear people make about this. Uh, uh, Xavier Howard situation. Just things that sound nice, but don't actually make a lot of sense. First of all, Paul, oh boy. let's let's go through these one by one. I'm not going to name names here, but I it, and, and this isn't. Oh, going to, can I guess? Can I guess no. when you say them? No, no, no. Uh, can I anyway? It, 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 you, you can't, but it's it's really not any one person in particular. It's Omar, like a bunch of people. No, oh. I don't. No, I, I don't. I don't listen to him. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, this is so first stupid argument that I hear. Armando, this is a slippery slope if you if you uh, readjust Xavier Howard's contract. What are your it, thoughts on that? It's not correct. Like ding, I, ding, I ding. hate to put it that way. It, what I said earlier, it it's 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 actually not a slippery slope. Oh no, you can put the onus on the players to go, you know what? I don't care when we renegotiate with you. If you come close to defensive player of the year, let's talk. Correct. Correct answer, Paul. One for one there. Uh, yes. Let's I'd do say, it. I'd say, so the slippery slope theory here. Let me tell you this. If, if I, I Please walk me through the slippery slope between Xavier and Howard wanting the respect to be in the highest paid cornerback on his own team, and then next year Zach Sealer plays a little bit better than we expected him to and now he's going to uh, kick down Chris Greer's door and demand we rip up his contract, too. Look, That's not if, how it works. If he beats out Aaron Donald for Defensive Player of the Year at, at, at his position, I'll walk in Chris, Chris Greer's door with him and go, he's right. That, that's So, yeah, if you say I'll use Jerome Baker. Let's say Jerome Baker gets a... Uh, uh, 12 sacks, nine interceptions, and wins defensive player of the year next year. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But let's Luckily, say he's in Miami. They won't give I, it to him I, anyway. I'm looking at like, oh, God, what a horrible situation to be in where we've got so many defensive player of the years 
we've got to add a few million to their contract. Do some of you hear yourself? I mean, okay, here's a, a stupid argument, too. That's why they drafted Noah Igbenogany. What's the point of doing that if you're not going to start him the next year? Uh, so hold on, let me look, watch my hands. Watch my hands. Xavier Howard, best cornerback in football. Noah Igbenogany last year, unplayable. If you no, can't Igben, see, no, no, wait, no, no, hold up, hold up. You, you need a third hand somewhere in the middle. Like here, one of your hands. No, is I the don't. Hand. So this is this this is the Igbenogany somewhere unplayable. That hand of yours over there is the Xavier Howard. And then the middle hand in between our hands, that hand, and I apologize, I think we're on opposite sides here when I'm looking at it, but it's okay. That middle hand is Nick Needham, who's playing at the number one spot over Noah Igbenogany. Correct. And it's not to say Noah Igbenogany can't improve, but the bottom line is the season ended, I mean, the season ended here eight months ago and at the end of the year Igbenogany was unplayable and Xavier Howard was the best cornerback in football the right. show in our chat summed it up for us Kat uh, Noah ugh yeah I mean hey he's got talent look hey, we, we know what he we does. signed up for but you're crazy Noah Igbenogany has a chance to be the third cornerback and if he's the third cornerback uh, then he plays 65 to 70 percent of defensive snaps. That's a good role. And then in 2023, when Xavier Howard probably does step out of the Dolphins, oh, Igbenogany, because how young he was when we drafted him, is only 23 years old with two years left on his rookie deal. That's a pretty good situation to be in. I go back to Paul, too. Uh, in 2022, if they were talking about guaranteeing Xavier Howard's salary, which I believe is. 13 and a half million or 14 and a half million, one of the two. Here's my question is in what scenario is Xavier Howard not part of your football team? 2022? If he's asking for 25 million a year and you get offered two first round picks. Yeah, that's it. And what in what scenario would he be cut before 2022? Here's here's the there's one of two things None. I can have. One of two things, very small chances. He gets arrested? Gets, okay, well, gets arrested, so three chances. Uh, gets arrested, uh, um, has a horrific injury at the end of 2021 uh, that puts him out for 2022. Or three, goes from the best cornerback in the league to the worst cornerback in the league. Because even if he went from the best to middle of the pack heading into 2022, middle of the pack cornerback is Bradley Roby, Ronald Darby, a guy making ten or eleven million a year in the NFL. So what are you so afraid of? Like, and again, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. And I, I want to clarify for our chat. I don't think e either of us, and, and if I'm wrong, correct me, cat. But I don't think either of us is fully down on Igbenogany. He's just not there quite yet, and he's got a hell of a lot of talent. He's very young. And he's a guy that we do think can come along, hopefully, uh, to play a role this season and possibly move into a bigger role down the road. But as it stands right now, it's a heck of a drop-off. We're talking, like, you know, San Andreas Fault between Xavier Howard and Noah Igbenogany. You're right. And 
we've heard good things about Ig Ignogany um, coming out of camp, uh, and that's awesome. Um, and look, when when the Dolphins drafted Igbenogany in the 2020 draft, he had only played cornerback at Auburn for one year. He was a wide receiver before that. He was he didn't turn 21 until November of his rookie year. He's not going to turn 22 until November of his second year. So he, this is a young raw player. We get it, but to be this is a year the Dolphins have to win. This is third year under Brian Flores, second year with Tua. Okay. If it's it's gotta it really gotta happen here over the next two years. And if Xavier Howard is not part of that, what are you doing? And what when you talk about precedent, what type of precedent does it set? When somebody is the best player in, in, in at the position, best player on your team, your star player, 28 years old, you drafted him 2016, and now he wants a few million more dollars out of respect to be moved from one place to another, and it's a flat no, and hmm, what can we get for you in a trade? Again, I don't think Chris Greer is that stupid. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. All right, what's our next quote in this game? Um, let's see here. I'll take stupid quotes for 800 cap. Oh, so, uh, this, this, and this is usually said by people who are trying to, to agree with me or cool me down on Twitter is, yeah, X, uh, Xavier Howard is a great cornerback, but dot, 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 followed by a bunch of nonsense. Okay. If you start by, if you start by just thinking Xavier Howard's good or, or great, you've already lost me. Okay. Because just let me, let me, talk you through how incredible this guy has played. He is the first defensive back since 2007 to have uh, 10 interceptions in a year. Antonio Cromartie was the uh, was the last one. Um, <clears throat> the last player to have more than 10 interceptions in a year was Everson Walls in 1981 for the Dallas Cowboys. 40 years ago, okay? Um, let's keep going. Four players in the NFL have more than 10 interceptions in their last 38 games played. Xavier Howard with 22, J.C. Jackson is second with 15, and then you've got Marcus Peters and Tredavious White with 11. I mean, it's it's off the charts, the best playmaker over the last several years when he's healthy. Um, let's see, on deep balls, on balls traveling 30 yards or more in the air, I've said this on the show before, Xavier Howard has been targeted 30 times since the middle of the 2017 season on deep balls. Of those 30 deep balls, zero touchdowns allowed, four catches by the receiver, and seven interceptions. Xavier Howard is coming down with the ball more times than the receiver. I mean, I, I, I don't know what else to say uh, 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 about the guy. And look, if Xavier Howard goes out there next year and he's got knee problems, at this point as we sit here on August 1st, 2021, I am willing to take that risk because he is the only clear star player that the Dolphins have. Yeah, no, it's it's very much a situation where I, God, it's frustrating as all hell and people just are so far on one side of the fence or the other. Luckily, uh, you know what, since I know we've got, we're short on time and I know we can talk about this all night. I know we're going to talk about this more. Let's actually talk real quick about Tua in training camp and what we've seen so far. Yeah, let's move. I'll give you one last stupid quote, and we'll move on. You take it. Take it. Uh, Once you sign a contract, you honor it. <laughs> That's my favorite. 
anyway, uh, Keith, I know how you feel about that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Tua here and, and what you've heard in camp so far? I am very impressed. The video that I've seen of him, not just from the official sources, but from fans that were at practice and things like that, It's he's threading the ball. He's hitting deep balls in stride. Uh, he and Albert Wilson seem to have a connection. He and Jakeem Grant. He and Robert Foster. He and Jalen Waddle. He and Mike Gesicki. Uh, it, it's it's very encouraging what we've seen and heard so far. He seems to really be able to drive off that leg, and it seems to have fixed a lot of the issues, including some of the velocity ones that we saw last year. Yeah, I'm very impressed with how I've I, what I've heard too, and it, it also there seems to be some some correlation with um, how uh, how aggressive he was being here throughout the offseason. And that's exactly what we want to see. And the constants that you see and you hear coming out of Camber is footwork and how he can evade pressure and keep his eyes downfield. And that's what I'm really looking forward to. And it seems like Albert Wilson, Paul, you know, we did our locks list before, um, too. So, you know, I think you had 36 or 37 on yours. I had 34 on mine. Um, can we call Albert Wilson a lock at this point? Yeah. As long as his knee holds out. Yeah, I, I would say unless he really falls off, then I'm 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 with you on that. Falls off or falls down. Falls off or falls down. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and and also too another development as well is Michael Dieter. Uh, looks like he is. Barry Jackson said the other day he's in the driver's seat to be that starting center. And you know I've heard some some good snaps, some bad bad snaps from him, but. You know that would be huge. You know because he's been a he's been a disappointment up to this point, obviously. But I, I really thought he was a better center than a guard coming out of Wisconsin. And you know if if he can get there, and you know w- one question we asked here on the show too back in, during the draft when they passed on Creed Humphrey twice in the second round was, is it possible they like Michael Dieter Michael Dieter a little bit more? And. Uh- I think for them, he's been a pleasant surprise as well because they've been linked to just about any big-name center that's hit the market or even medium-name center that's hit the market of starting caliber. If they were super high on Michael Dieter, he would have stolen some time from Ted Karras. Uh, if they were super, who they basically you know, said, hey, don't call us, we'll call you, but we like you. And finally he was like, all right, screw it, I'm going back to New England because you're flirting with every other girl in the room. And, and so... That doesn't necessarily translate to resounding endorsement of Michael Dieter that they were chasing other centers around, even if they were avoiding them in the draft. Yeah, and uh, maybe uh, Dieter uh, really took a step up here this offseason, too. Um, yeah, I, I look at what how little they paid Skura and how they completely ignored center in the draft. Maybe they had a feeling this was kind of coming. And if so, great, great for the Dolphins there. Um, yeah, defensive side of the ball, it's, it's a little bit harder to tell. I mean, this is kind of about quarterbacks and receivers here in the first week of, of training camp. But, you know, really a lot of good news here as, as far as how two is looking so far. Um, you know, on, on defense, I'm, I'm not quite sure if there's anything that's, uh, that's really jumped out, out for you, Paul, as far as news is concerned. Not really. I mean, a handful of defensive backs have been making some good plays. It seems to change on a daily basis. Um, and then, you know, some guy named Xavier Howard, some news about him, but we've already talked about that. Uh, the fact that Javon Holland 
is fighting with Eric Rowe for a starting spot, and Jason McCourty is also fighting for a starting spot. Uh, does intrigue me a little bit as far as that goes because it's you it, you don't really hear Brandon Jones's name very much in that uh, mix in that starting secondary, which I would have thought we would have based on what we saw last year. Yeah, that's no, interesting. I, I hadn't heard that that Rose spot was being challenged. Um, if that's the case, it's that means there's a lot of good safety depth. And you know, McCourty's a heady player, and you know, it could replace a lot of what the Dolphins lost there when they lost Bobby McCain. So, absolutely. Uh, John Gordon in our chat said uh, uh, Robert Hunt said he would play center in his interview. That's what I do love about these offensive linemen here is that they're willing to play wherever. And and. That, that's great. And speaking of which, um, the word coming out of camp, too, is that Jesse Davis is probably going to be the Dolphins' right tackle, especially right now. But it's it's not over yet. And let me be clear, but Liam Eikenberg's getting a lot more snaps at left guard. And that bears watching. Uh, I, I'd be a little disappointed if Jesse Davis were the starting right tackle instead of Liam Eikenberg. Uh, I would say Robert Hunt, but it seems like Robert Hunt's pretty in, entrenched they're at that right guard spot. So it makes me cry about Kinley at this point because I really like that kid. Yeah, and, and Kindley would be battling with with Eichenberg. So mm-hmm. that that's and and I do think the Dolphins are really doing their job and it's it's a good thing that they're mixing and matching a lot of different possibilities. It looks like the constants are Austin Jackson at left tackle, Robert Hunt at right guard, and then and then Michael Dieter at center as of right now. And then left guard and right tackle are really getting interchanged uh, as as we're as we're going along here. So um, let's see anything else. Uh, anything else jump out? Do you hear it um, from Chad? Not a huge amount. I mean, it's Jeremiah Kelly brought up the fact that Parker and Fuller and Preston are all hurt. Um, yep, yep. I'll add to it that you know DJ Fluker's on IR. Um, but it's those guys being hurt has really given an opportunity for some of the the guys to prove themselves, including Jakeem Grant. Jakeem Grant has had a very good camp so far, even though we're only five days in. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely, and that that's been the uh, Jakeem Grant continuing to hold on um, to the ball. Yeah, to the ball. He, every every time you count him out, uh, Mighty Mouse comes right back in. I mean. Uh, and again, I st- I'll stay say what I said before. Disappointed as a receiver, in my opinion, the best kick returner and punt returner in the league still. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. And it looks like Lynn Bowden is is losing a little bit of ground here to to some of these players. You know, I I don't I don't see which what's that face. One of our listeners asked if we want Jimmy G for Howard. No, Jimmy G. Hey, we could. It, I mean, obviously no, but hey, I don't mind some creative uh, uh, trade offers here. Um, I don't either, and it's still no. Still no, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, Money Man, yes, about Kirk Merritt. Heard some great things about him, <laughs> too. And there's some players here I feel bad for in the Dolphins team. Chris Myrick, uh, Kirk Merritt being two of them. It's like, it seems like they're always making plays in camp, but it's such an uphill battle. I mean, the, the, these guys have got to... I mean, can a practice squad player demand a trade? I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. Um, well, a practice squad player can sign with another team, so there's that. Um, it, it's, I mean, Merritt's a guy, we talked about him a lot when, when the Dolphins got him as an undrafted free agent. We talked about him a lot last year, I believe, in our undrafted free agent show. 
Yeah, out of Arkansas State. I mean, he's a very good athlete. Uh, Dolphins always seem to smother up these wide receivers. Um, but it'll be it'll be fascinating to see because Parker and uh, Preston Williams are on PUP. Uh, Jalen Waddle's a rookie. Will Fuller's going to miss the first game. There are opportunities for these receivers to step up. I do think Lynn Bowden is still a lock. And I got to say, I, I would if we were redoing our lock segment, I would put Michael Dieter and I would put Albert Wilson on there. I mean, I... I I, I might, I, just, I might put Wilson on in place of Bowden at this point. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, it's it'd be hey, look, and Wilson could take a step back. He could get hurt. A lot of things could happen. But it, I've just heard for months now that he's got some great chemistry with Tua, and I, I can't see a player like that getting cut, especially when they don't make a lot of money here to begin with. So. Anyway, thank you, everybody, here for joining us. We're going to have go a little bit deeper into training camp. We'll certainly be on if there's any Xavier Howard news. I believe Xavier Howard will be a Miami Dolphin here this year. I think this will all get resolved because after the Instagram post, I thought if things get worse the rest of the week, he's probably gone. It's Xavier Howard was asked the other day and basically said it's up to the Dolphins. You don't say that when you're really digging your heels in and want to leave and all the reports are he's you know he's around training camp he's laughing and joking with people yeah it's a little bit awkward but i think this gets taken care of the dolphins need Xavier howard the next two years if they're going to take the step forward that we're anticipating so thank you everyone for joining us be sure to follow me on twitter at brian cat nfl paul at fanatic underscore pick um and also um follow us on twitter facebook the fan sided network and finfanatic.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.